Takeaway. Richie's Daily Takeaway. Great idea for a brand new restaurant chain that we wish to put before you this evening. Uh, has been inspired by the fact that there's been uh, there's been illness, uh, potentially food poisoning, uh, in uh, in my household over the last couple of days. Bush, I reckon there's the idea for a restaurant that serves only food that people who are recovering from illness will want to eat. What do you reckon? I totally agree because there's a certain type of food for some reason that you you crave when you're on the comeback trail for uh, the other side of an illness and, and it's like it's a very specific set menu of things that you might want to get you know, your chops around just to make yourself feel better for example yesterday evening uh, once the show finished and uh, I got home I, I said to Natalie what would you like to eat this evening I know you've been somewhat off colour and all she <laughs> all she wanted was a plate of oven chips that's it that's it that's no, it. no dip whatsoever stuff, it? yeah it's something about the salt it's something about the brown food beige food is a particular big hit uh, with people recovered like for me uh, my mum used to do us this thing that back in the day we used to call the gookie egg which you look back on it it's kind of uh, strange and childish but what she used to do is soft boiled egg yep. mashed up in a cup with uh, like a scoop of butter oh. and then salt and pepper Oh, and it's just used to be, and then you'd have your bread cut into triangles you only have your bread cut into triangles when you're ill and it used to just regenerate you. It's amazing. It That's healing properties. That is really interesting because that sounds like it's halfway on the way to being cake mix and then you put in salt rather than sugar. It's an intriguing idea. I might have to pretend to be ill and try it myself. Do it. Put it straight on the menu at Ill Foods. Sarah's tweeted us at Absolute Radio. Bush, actually, I don't know whether this goes straight on. I think it's contentious. Sarah's saying rice pudding has to be on there. I don't know whether you're wanting to... I I know it fits the colour requirements of being quite beige, but I don't think you're wanting to necessarily eat something that looks like what you've been throwing up previous. Do you know what? Weirdly enough, I've just got back into rice pudding in a big, big way Have over you? the past couple of months. Yeah, because I hadn't had it for years. And then I found it on offer somewhere when the shops was looking around. Bit of jam in the top of it. It just makes you feel a million dollars. I reckon that's got to go on the menu at the restaurant. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. It's on the dessert section, rice pudding, if, you, if you've got the stomach to go through three courses. Uh, what are you wanting to put on the restaurant for ill foods menu? Uh, Darren would like to put forward dry toast with scrambled eggs, but makes clear... They've got to be properly cooked with no soft scramble. I cannot imagine having toast and scrambled egg with no butter on there. I think that's absolute heresy. <laughs> Isn't it? Yeah, but dairy products not good when you're recovering from illness. That's a good point. He's got a good point. Keep them coming in, 8, 12, 15. Stu, what's going on the menu? Oh, pot noodle on toast, definitely. <laughs> Contains absolutely none of your recommended five a day. <laughs> And it's the best hangover cure I've ever come across. And I don't even drink anymore. <laughs> so, you know, normally pot noodle would just be a pot noodle in a, in a pot or whatever. What's made yeah. you take that out of its normal habitat and put it on toast? It's kind of an obvious progression, really, isn't it? You know, everybody loves toast, loads and loads of butter. Everybody loves pot noodle. Stick them together, you can't go wrong. So I'm imagining the toast obviously has quite an absorbent effect on the moisture of the noodle, so that's nice. And the other side of things that you've put across here, which I think is great news for Bush and myself, I never really considered uh, the amount of hungover people that would also come to our Ill Foods restaurant. Absolutely. Especially if you're open between, like, 6am and 9am. That's the best time to get <laughs> really into it. We'll do, we'll do a 24-hour drop-in clinic. What about that, Stu? <laughs> 
even better. Can't wait to be your first customer. Uh, Emily's put together a three-course meal. Starter, dry toast. Uh, main, mushroom soup. Dessert, rich tea biscuit. Uh, I- Rich tea biscuit you only have if you're giving blood. Why anyone else would have that normally? I've got no idea. Secondly, mushroom soup if you're feeling well. What are you trying to do? Get it out? You've been poisoned. <laughs> Emma in Southend putting herself forward as the sommelier, uh, saying that we've got to obviously offer the finest bottle of Lucasade. That's it. And we mean original Lucasade with a really sticky, transparent orange kind of yes. uh, plastic stuff around the top of it as well. That's going on the list. I mentioned earlier on that uh, my kind of ill foods from back when I was a kid, my mum used to make this thing called gookie egg, uh, which is like it had legendary properties for me and my brother. Uh, Joe in East Lanx says, OMG, my mum used to make egg in a cup too when I was little. I've not met anyone else who'd heard of it. And then what about this one? They don't leave their name, but they say, my mum used to make us Bush's egg thing too. We called it googie egg. It cures everything. <laughs> I've got to try it tonight. I'm going to do it when I get home. That'll be as successful as our toasty the other night. So just leave it. <laughs> don't bring that up again. Uh, Andrea, what's on the menu? I would put pigeon soup on because my dad's a hunter and uh, he used to go hunting uh, on a regular basis, especially uh, in winter times uh, with his friends, and always, right. always came home with a vast amount of pigeons. Okay, so uh, what to do with them after, you know, pulling the feathers out was to turn oh. them into soup. Okay, right. and whenever I was ill, my mum fed me pigeon soup. Wow, so which bit of Narnia okay, did you live in? Did you live in back in the day? <laughs> <laughs> well, I call it a beautiful country of Germany. <laughs> ah. Andrea, I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm not sure pigeon soup's going to be for everybody, you know? Well, it has a very gamey, very strong taste. I, I agree with you, OK? But I'm pretty sure my mom believed that it gave me extra strength Okay, Uh and she always said to me as well, you don't know your own strength. So that is a proof in the pudding that kitchen soup gives you the strength back. I like it. We're kind of straying into magic t- magic potions and tinctures. And, that, and I kind of like that. An apocryphy <laughs> vibe. To it. What was it called in German? Did you have like a German name for this, this dish your mum made? Um, no, not really, to be honest. Um, Tauben- What's German? What's German for pigeon soup? Uh, Taubensuppe. Taubensuppe. Yes. So pigeon soup. Yeah, exactly. So Taube is the pigeon and soup is supper. So, yeah, pigeon soup. That's what it's going on the menu as, then. Thank you very much. I'm looking forward to have it. (laughs) God bless Tarbenzupa. (laughs) God bless my parents. (laughs) Uh, Lizzie's tweeted, uh, says, when I had gastroenteritis when I was a kid, I'd finally stopped being sick and all I wanted was shortcake biscuits with a slice of cheese on. What is going on? (laughs) I I don't know whether that would, like, ruin it going forward. Do you know if you closely associate a bad time in your life with a particular food. <laughs> is that going to ruin it? Uh, and then there's a bit of a drinks menu building, which is great. Mm. We had uh, uh, the LucasAid suggestion a bit earlier on. Mike says, drinks menu should include a drink called Ditch Water. Oh. It's a 50-50 mix between fresh orange and Coca-Cola. will make you feel a million dollars if you have a hangover, a bad head or a stomach upset. You're very welcome. This is The Daily Takeaway. The Daily Takeaway. Kudos to you if you're having baked goods, uh, maybe for your tea or uh, you've already had baked goods today. We're a big fan of baked goods on this show. Love baked goods. Love pasties, love sausage rolls. I go to the same bakery pretty much every day with my middle daughter, Theo, when I'm taking her to the park. And something's happened in the bakery that's just absolutely... 
I don't sideline me, sidetrack me. I can't stop thinking about it. Uh, they were referring to their sausage roll offering yeah. as short or long. What? So they've got short sausage rolls or long sausage I've rolls. I've never heard of sausage rolls categorised like that. It's madness. I've never heard anything like it in my life. I mean, you know, there's, there's big sausage rolls, small sausage rolls, but not short or long. It's um, the weirdest thing in the world. It's got me wondering, how, how long is their long sausage roll? Because well, for me, on. if something's long and it's a sausage roll, I'm, I'm saying it's the length of a school ruler. Well, what do they, you know, like a sub? They call a long, they've got the name in Subway, they've got, like, different names of yeah, subs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They use, like, inches. Yes. And I always do the same joke whenever I'm, <laughs> if Katie asks me how long's a six-inch sub, I'm always, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> but uh, they're not, it's not massive, is it? Tall or... Was there, what they call say, I, I would say that the, if that is the long sausage roll, that's the size of sausage roll that I would want to get if I'm half-time at a football match. And well, what about that one then, the short one? Well, I'd say that's that's just the kind of thing that you'd expect out of sort of like a little cocktail well, bag. Yeah, exactly. You know, I remember Swansea Market when I used to go to... was at university in Swansea. You go to Swansea Market and you get six or seven of them in a, in a bag from Swansea Market for like a quid, yeah. quid 50. What, what is... Although this seems like a low-level conversation, and it is... <laughs> What I believe, it, it shines light on the fact that the sausage roll market's completely unregulated. Yeah, it really is. People making stuff up as they go along. A couple of naked sausages top left of that picture, aren't there? Oh, yeah. Uh, initial reaction coming in from the hometown audience. Uh, Cray says, no such nonsense south of the river, mate. What, if you live in South London or whatever, that's not going to happen. Uh, size matters, says Mark. Kaylee says, we call ours normal or jumbo. Semi-long, suggests Neil. Uh, John says, next it'll be sausage or no sausage. Sounds like a game show. <laughs> after 10, though. After 10. Winston Smith says, open yourself up to a fair bit of innuendo there, Mr Bush. That's that done and dusted. This is The Daily Takeaway. So we had a bit of a, a drama today. Not, not, not high-level drama. I know there's more important things going on uh, in the world. But in terms of my little life and uh, how long I've managed to keep my wallet in, in shape, it was a bit of a drama. So let me explain. My Our 10-month-old daughter, Stella, is at that stage where she's just a, a vandal, a thug. She's romping around with her little uh, bee socks on, pulling stuff off shelves and trying to knock your plate when you're eating your tea, watching telly and, you know, all that kind of stuff. She's a hoodlum. Uh, and this lunchtime, I was having one of my favourite meals, which is a little bit hoity-toity, but one of my favourite lunches is a flatbread covered in loads of hummus with olives on it. Okay? <laughs> Don't judge me, but an open flatbread, I absolutely love it. And from out of the blue, just as I was tucking into this, watching, like, mid-morning TV... Stella comes out of nowhere and smashes my wallet that she's obviously pulled out of my bag right into the centre of the flatbread <laughs> and the hummus and the olives. <laughs> So, and it's she's one of passed her ones. verdict she has big time she's not having that is she but it's one of those wallets just like a plastic you know card holder so you push a button down and, and the and the cards come out like it's like a card trick <laughs> like you're fanning cards so I had to do that and it's just been emitting hummus for the past <laughs> a couple of hours so it's like it's ended up in hummus I mean it's <laughs> such a middle class scenario isn't it so I thought let's use this for the powers of good here on home time this evening if an item of your possessions has ended up in something, for whatever reason, please tell us about it on Home Time this evening, 8, 12, 15. What do you reckon? Uh, very, very old, uh, back in the day, Motorola flip phone, which I'm still Ooh. mourning. Uh, that ended up in a tub of E45 eczema cream. Um, <laughs> <laughs> There's no coming back from that. <laughs> no, there isn't, no. Not when it's been rammed in by a toddler. Uh, that was another one um, where it was a, a, a kid at fault. But yeah, uh, that did not want to turn back on. I tell you what, that kind of phone that flips in half 
slathered in that amount of grease. It's almost like you were trying to get someone into prison. <laughs> Paul, who's tweeted the show, did you say uh, that his grandson dropped his sausage in my pint at breakfast in, <laughs> in Lanzarote? <laughs> which is my favourite tweet or text of the year. Did he say breakfast? He was having, uh, yeah. A pint? pint. In Lanzarote. He says, yes, I'm an Englishman. Pint with a fry-up. Uh, Rich has uh, texted us from Blackpool 8 12, 15. Uh, he says, my Ford Escort ended up in an off-licence window after I passed my driving test the day before. Wow. Do you know what? We, we should do a separate phoner at some point on, like, nightmares after driving tests. You know, some people <laughs> have absolute disasters. That's, that's <laughs> got to be up there. Uh, Rachel says, my family still talk about how, when I was a kid, I hid the car keys in the Bombay mix and no one could find them for hours. <laughs> and we've got Beth on the line. Beth, what happened to you? Uh, it was quite innocent, really. I was very ill at work with a terrible migraine. I got the train to work usually, but my, my company put me in a taxi to take me home. Um, and I laid in the taxi the whole way. And when I got to my road, he asked me where I lived. And I sat up and was just overcome with wanting to throw up. And the only place I could be sick was in my handbag. And it <laughs> went over everything. My <laughs> phone. So when I got my keys out to, to let my into in my house, oh. my keys were covered in sick. Oh. My travel card, my makeup, everything, everything. Oh my! It was a lot. Oh my! It was what? a lot of it. Was that? That sounds like a traumatic experience. I don't. I don't know if that's an experience that's ever going to leave you, Beth. No, and I had to go to bed straight after because I wasn't feeling very well. So I woke up four hours later, and it had all kind of gone cold and hard. <laughs> oh, oh. So, so you, you say the phone, the keys, the travel card, the makeup, nothing survived. Yeah, what nothing. about the bag itself? Oh no, that was that was that was that was the end of its life. It had to go. I was going to say, if you're still using that, that is thrift on the next level. <laughs> no, everything had to be replaced apart from obviously my, my phone and my house keys. But yeah, it was horrific. It's a chilling but story, Beth. Thank you so much for sharing. That's OK, thank you. Dean has texted to say, uh, a few years ago, I had a little Motorola waterproof phone. And whilst a little wobbly at a wedding, I tried to steady my aim as I was taking a photo, so I used my pint glass. Yep, I pushed the buttons and dropped it straight into the drink where it flashed and took a photo inside the beer. <laughs> oh. <laughs> what about that? David says, uh, the cable for the toasted sandwich maker ended up inside the toasted sandwich. Ooh. I thought it had been difficult to close, but didn't realise why until there was a big flash and bang and then all the electrics in the house went. It was the worst toasty of all time. <laughs> it's not been a good week for toasted sandwiches, has it? Not at all. Uh, Zoe fondly remembers uh, a group heading to uh, a wedding in a Catholic church. Her friend Ailey placing her purse down to take a selfie. Little did she know she'd placed that purse in a fountain of water. Oh, we've got Juliet on the line. Juliet, what item are we talking about here? On a Fisher Price treehouse, and right. my little sister started playing with it. Took the dad upstairs with her, went to the toilet, and dropped it down a toilet full of poo. <laughs> and my mum. My mum refused to retrieve it for and she just flushed it away. So let's just clarify uh, what's going on in this house here. So Fisher-Price Treehouse, and it's got people living in the treehouse, little people, right? Yeah. Who, who was in there? Who lived in the treehouse? The mum, the dad and two children. So it's okay. the dad that's gone down the toilet full of poo and, and, and never came back again. How did the mum and the sister react? I don't know. The, my mum or my or the treehouse mum? The treehouse mum. <laughs> treehouse mum. I think they were desolate. The belly moved <laughs> ever again. 
Do you ever sometimes wonder what happened to the dad from the treehouse? Because obviously he <laughs> went on quite a murky adventure down in those uh, sewers. Well, yeah, hopefully he emerged somewhere in the North Sea. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a grisly story, Juliet. Thank you. No, I, uh, <laughs> I'm glad to have a laugh. This is Bush and Rich's Daily Takeaway. It's a Thursday night, which means we throw open the doors of the Hometime Film Club. This is where we crowdsource a brilliant load of suggestions for a type of movie for a specific reason. Uh, Now, no doubt you are very much aware that one of the new stations that we launched through Absolute Radio Premium this week is Absolute Radio Movies. Uh, Your chance to hear uh, some of the greatest movie soundtracks uh, with Absolute Radio vibes, uh, along with the other new ones, Absolute Radio 50s and Absolute Radio Terrace anthems. Uh, Is is, uh, Absolute Radio vibes one of the stations as well? That's quite good. (laughs) It's quite dancey, that one, yeah, Yeah, but (laughs) we're not shouting about it. So, the film club tonight, we're throwing open the argument. We're looking for the movie with the greatest soundtrack. Because there's some films where, you know, it's a great film, but you couldn't remember the soundtrack if you heard it again at all. Other other films kind of trade off a great soundtrack. For me, I'm going to put this down as like, if I've bought the soundtrack in my life, then... It's, it's a great film with music. And for me, one of the few soundtracks from a movie that I bought is Lost in Translation. And that is an amazing soundtrack. They've got My Bloody Valentine on there, which are one of my favourite bands. Uh, Air. Kevin Shields from My Bloody Valentine does a solo song. Death in Vegas. It's an amazing soundtrack, that one. Uh, now, I feel that sometimes this is one of my weak suits suggesting movies, but I think what I'm going to suggest tonight is not just a great movie, but the soundtrack's stellar as well, and I'm going with Top Gun. You've obviously got the work of Mr Kenny Loggins uh, yes. with his Danger Zone. You've got Berlin's Take My Breath Away, but let's not forget it's got the likes of You Lost That Loving Feeling, and then, of course, just the Top Gun theme itself. It's a fantastic... Fantastic, fantastic soundtrack. Your Berlin, Take My Breath Away, is still one of those amazing, most amazing songs. And the video of her walking through all those jets and stuff is just, is next level. It gets us enthused already. This is exactly what the film club's all about. If you've got a movie that you think has a brilliant soundtrack that we need to hear about, and maybe it could be the film we picked this evening. Uh, Gordon wants to, <laughs> Gordon wants to put forward uh, Romeo and Juliet, the Baz Luhrmann one. Whether that is for the Wanna Dies You and Me song, nobody knows, he's not clear. Uh, Stuart Williamson putting forward Breakfast Club. Uh, obviously. Don't you forget about me, Simple Minds, the home of that. Uh, and uh, Rife with air saxophone. You don't do air saxophone yes. much these days. Only in 80s films for some reason. Keep them coming in. Brilliant suggestions. Uh, Matt's in Manchester. He's texted 8 to 15. Um, I wouldn't have thought of this, but it's a great suggestion. Forrest Gump's soundtrack's amazing. Takes you through the decades with incredible timeless songs. Through the decades, you say. Interesting. Um, Interesting. That's <laughs> an idea there. Um, had a quick look. There is some great stuff on there. You've got, you got some Elvis. You've got some Credence Clearwater Revival. you got your Aretha Franklins, you've got your Beach Boys, you've got your Bob Dylans, your Four Tops. It's fantastic, and more. He's, he's just gone through the decades. He genuinely has gone through the decades. <laughs> Someone here says, uh, Jackie Brown is a great soundtrack and is a great film too. Underrated in my opinion, but well worth a watch and listen. That's from Dan, stuck on the A50, going home to sunny Stoke-on-Trent to try some pigeon soup. <laughs> <laughs> lot going on with Dan, although he makes a good point. It's got to be a good film as well. Um, Sean's hanging on. What are you suggesting, Sean? It's got to be Guardians of the Galaxy. But both part one and part two, but part one especially, the soundtrack is absolutely spectacular. And what I'll kind of songs are on there, then? What kind of stuff is on there? David Bowie, Teenage, um, Moon Age Daydream. Uh, you've got the... Oh, 
Christ, I can't remember the name of the song. It's terrible, isn't it? Hey, Sean, I've I've had a I've had a little search online. You've got the you've got the Pina Colada song. Rupert Holmes on there. Say no more. I was trying to remember the name of the drink. The Pina Colada songs on there. Come and get your love, which is absolutely spectacular. But it just the soundtrack from start to end is just banger after banger. It's got a feel-good factor about it. That's what you're saying, isn't it, Sean? It has, definitely. Strong suggestions, Sean. Thank you very much. (laughs) Cheers, thank you. Uh, After movies with great soundtracks, Dave putting forward the Blues Brothers. No-one's going to argue against that. Uh, Andy says Flash Gordon. Oh, I'm not sure about that, Andy, mate. (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, Speaking of Queen, uh, text here, it's got to be the original Highlander, music by Queen, spawned an album and the magic tour from Martin struggling home through slow traffic in Croydon. Again, not not too sure about that, Sunshine. (laughs) Kate from Worcester, though, this is interesting. She says, guys, I've never texted the show before, but I felt I had to to nominate Lost Boys, especially Cry Little Sister, Thou Shalt Not Fall, which we've had loads of Lost Boys texts, haven't we? Maybe this could be the film that we go with tonight. Donna in Wellington adding to that as well, uh, as does this text. Uh, Run DMC, Aerosmith, Echo and the Bunnyman, Michael Hutchins, fab film. It's got to be Lost Boys. I reckon, Bush, we can make a call on this. It's Lost Boys. It's about vampires. Do sleep well, but don't have nightmares. The Daily Takeaway. Bush and Richie's Daily Takeaway.